Welcome to Postcast. The Utah Jazz have another gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, and dispiriting loss despite fabulous effort. Tonight, it's a Tyler Hero 3 at the horn that does them in, and they lose their fourth straight tonight to the Miami Heat as we wrap up the 2022 year. It's all coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone with you as the Utah Jazz fall on the final play of the game after remarkably, I mean remarkably, finding a way to be tied as Lowry Markkinen got fouled on a three-point shot and hit all three free throws after the Jazz really had not played clutch well at all. And the story a lot of is that. The Jazz have now lost seven of their last nine games in the clutch. The flip side is the Miami Heat, a veteran team with guys who've been to the NBA Finals, have now won seven of their last ten in the clutch. And uh, would you? let's go to it. It's tied with five minutes left. The Jazz have battled all night. It's been a great game. You know, the first part of the game we can, we can get into it in a minute where if the Jazz hadn't come to play tonight, they would have gotten blasted because Miami just never is going to play you hard. And the Jazz matched it, which was great. But it's five minutes left, and the Jazz' next ten possessions, frankly, are not very good. Yep. And three turnovers. Uh, I don't think they had a field goal on a what I would call a natural play. I think it was one field goal. Clarkson Clarkson gets a follow. Marketing gets a follow um, off a miss. But I, I don't believe that they had a field goal that was just they came down and, and, and scored on a bucket, if, if you understand what I mean by that. Um, and so... Uh, their 10 possessions are a turnover by Linux, two free throws by Markinen, two turnovers back-to-back by Clarkson, a missed three by Linux, two free throws by Markinen, a missed three by Clarkson. Clarkson misses two free throws. Clarkson makes three. Markinen makes three in there. Uh, Markinen has a putback off one of those threes that scores, and Clarkson has a putback on uh, one of his. So they score in two offensive rebounds. Um, really just a struggle for them. Uh, in clutch right now offensively, and it's costing him basketball games. If, if, if you can go back to that, the Jazz were up five with those three turnovers. It was tied as we went to the cl- Tied at five minutes left. Jordan Clarkson hit basket with 5.36 left, and that made us tie. I just almost fell down. That would have been right. capper for the night. So those three turnovers was, was huge. Yeah, this Obviously very, very, very big. Um, but, you know, the Jazz could just continue to fight, and both teams making mistakes, following three-point shots, putting guys on the free-throw line, that type, that type of thing, and um, took a hero-type hero shot in order, in order to, uh, to win the ballgame. Yeah, on that final play, there's nothing to quibble about. Like, the Absolutely Jazz defended nothing. it well. They picked him up. You were worried they weren't going to pick him up. They picked him up. He got across half court. There were two guys on him. They didn't, you know, he, he just hit a, and he's done that a few times. Tyler Hero is a late-game marvel. Um, and he did it. It's, he did exactly that tonight. Uh, uh, in real heartbreak. All right, let's let's talk about. There's a lot of pieces to this game. It feels like there's a lot going on here. I, I, I don't want to underplay. I mean, I think you know, as you look at the Jazz and where they are as a team, they've earned they've earned the right, as well as they've played this year now at 19 and 20, to be treated like a regular team. Right? We don't need to give them this. Oh well, they're young and this. And so when you lose late games consistently, that's the that's the spot of assessment that needs to be done. In the midst of that, there are a bunch of other things going on. One is, I think, the fight and the resiliency. You know, I thought it was really interesting. Will Hardy was talking about the Heat culture. Like, the Heat come in here. There's about two or three programs in this league, the Warriors, the Heat, the Spurs, who come in and they they have an identity of who they are. Um, And you want... That's what Will wants to build. And one of the things he talked about was perseverance in the line of adversity. And I think we're seeing the Jazz with that characteristic in Will Hardy's opening year. Putting yourself in the chance, giving yourself a chance to win. 
and, and you know, the adversity that you go through in order to be a better basketball team, you have to learn from it, uh, and, and, you know, all of that stuff, just all of that good stuff. But these are professional basketball players, and there are, are, are things or, or opportunities in, in, the, in this game that you would think professional basketball players would uh, be better at, and maybe that's making free throws. But the difference, David, is clutch free throws. It's a big difference in making that three-foot putt that could win you a million dollars and free throws that could keep you uh, in the ball game or win the basketball game. And that's the big difference, and you, you talk about it a lot. Those clutch free throws are different than the regular free throw shooter that shoots shots that you shoot during the course of the game. And frankly, regular shots are bothering us. In the final nine game, last nine games, or I don't have tonight, but it's it's not great. We were shooting thirty five percent in the clutch. We were nine of thirty three from three, so we we're below thirty percent from three in that span. We're twenty ninth in the league offensively in clutch now. So the late six free throws by Clarkson and Marketing will help our clutch numbers a great deal on those two possessions. So hopefully they'll be, but it, you know. That, that is a part of what's going on here. Some of the other things that are, I think are really interesting is what's going on with Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler, I believe, played the final 20 minutes of this game. He checked in at the 8.05 mark. The, tonight, when Walker Kessler was on the floor, Miami shot 26 of 60. So that's Ooh. about 43%. When Walker Kessler was off the floor, they shot 19 of 29 that I doing some, I think is about sixty four percent. I'm guessing a little bit there. I'm not that good, um, but that's a pretty dramatic difference. And what I think's exciting about this, early in the year, Walker Castle was good defensively on second team guys. He had a lot of Bam out of Bayou minutes tonight, and that's a pretty tough matchup. Yeah, that's a growth period that he'll cherish and he'll learn a lot from, especially if you start watching film. And he just you can just see his growth and how much better he's getting. Not only at, at, at you know the help defense and all that kind of stuff, but the, the individual uh, one-on-one type defense is where he's, he's growing there as well. We talked about uh, his strengths and his weaknesses, and one of his weaknesses was the fact that he was just wasn't strong enough. He plays straight up for the most part like Rudy Gobert a lot because, you know, guys like that like to block shots. They like to look bigger, but sometimes, uh, you know, other guys, you know, get into your legs and all that kind of stuff, and you, you can't jump. He's learning that kind of things, and, you know, obviously he was effective tonight. He played 30-some minutes. You know? He did. Uh, a lot of other things. Uh, Kelly Olenek looked like he got his vibe back tonight. Had a huge impact in this game. He hadn't looked quite right off the sprained ankle. And then Malik Beasley's going. You know, we need Malik Beasley, as somebody said, was on a glacier. He was, <laughs> and he was five of his last 34 on catch-and-shoot threes. He finally got that going. I think he finished with five threes tonight. Um, for Malik, which was you know important for the Jazz because they, they have to get they had really gotten almost no help for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Mark in the last two games, last three games, and they had to get some help for him tonight. They got that help, um, but it, it it obviously wasn't enough. But it was important to see. Well, they're going to average forty three point shot attempts a ball game and just under fifteen three makes. He has to be a part of that because he is he's a three point shooter. Uh, as I've mentioned so many times, two hundred forty three point shots made last season. And I think right now with the number of threes that he takes, he's on track now to have a break, one of those uh, great years there as well. Some of the other things that are uh, tonight, uh, the Jazz, Miami allows the most threes of anyone in the league. And the question was, could the Jazz keep their turnovers down, not turn it over too many times, and get those three looks? Because Miami plays to force turnovers. They force the second most amount of turnovers, but they are willing to li- give up those threes. Jazz had 16 turnovers, which is not terrible, frankly. 
and they got 40 of their 81 shots as threes, which is outstanding, and they hit 17 of the 40. They did the things you needed to do to win this game. Yeah, Miami gets 25 points off of those 16 turnovers, which is, 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 is big there as well. But, you know, as you mentioned, they don't turn it over. 12 turnovers a ball game. They're averaging 13 for the year. And, and uh, one thing that we were that I was talking about looking at is that how, how – let me ask you – the zone affect the Jazz to the one spot. I thought the zone kept the Jazz in a short clock on a number of occasions uh, because they just didn't re- react. And with Kessler on the floor, um, it's really ineffective to have him in the middle of the floor. So they were using him as a picker uh, out on the floor, and, and it, it worked sometimes, but it didn't work enough, I think. So that, I thought the zone kind of bothered the Jazz. So it probably bothered him a little, Ron. I think you're right. What was really the other side is that nobody's half-court defense could stop anyone. The defensive ratings going into the fourth quarter tonight, league average is 113. It's the historically highest rating we've ever had. The Jazz had a 134, and Miami had a 132. Now, both teams finished at 128, which tells you how close the game was. So, yeah, the Jazz dropped a little bit in that fourth quarter. They probably were down to about 115. So they were better than league average. They weren't as dominant as they were all night. So, yes, I think the zone slowed them down, and I think the Jazz, but I do think the Jazz had some success. You know, what, whether it was the zone that slowed them down or just I don't know what's going on in clutch, but, I mean, those three turnovers laid in the missed shots late. Like really up, huge. Up until the five-minute mark, I bet if we, and I can do this, and I will send it to you. I don't, can't do it now. It's not done, but I'll send it to you later today uh, or tomorrow. I know you'll be really excited. Um, is if you, you can go stop it at the five-minute mark, I'll bet our defensive rating up to that five-minute mark or offensive rating was right back up to that 130. It didn't really bother us maybe until the final five minutes of the game, which kind of backs up this same reoccurring theme we're talking about, that all of a sudden clutch late game play is hard on this team right now. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, you know, Will has said many, many times, you know, this team is growing uh, and they'll get better. Bottom line. You know, and he, just, he went to a nine-man rotation tonight. Um, uh, that seems to be keeping certain guys out on the floor. Something just happened in college football, I'll tell you that. <laughs> people are going crazy in here. I don't know what it was, but people are going nuts. Uh, it's, so, it's not on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, the other one I, I will say, and I, I don't, I, you know, we keep hearing that Will, the impressive thing about Will Hardy is his emotional intelligence. I think the most important, impressive part about Will is how unemotional he is and how kind of calm he has stayed in these. This is a real test. For a head coach to go through a little stretch like this in your first year. And um, I think it was super important they started as well as they did and he gained some confidence. And now he's got to go. These, this is part of his process to be the Eric Spolstra or the Greg Popovich or one of these great coaches that he's likely to be in this league is to go through a stretch like this and, and handle it and, and keep your wits about you. So you're saying that the team is growing and so is the coach yeah, as well. You know, there's years old as first year coach. <laughs> and then, then you got a pretty, for the most part, a young coaching staff there as well. You, um, so, yeah, absolutely. All right, two stars tonight. Um, you got to go with Kessler, I think. I mean, what, he's just made such a big difference, and the amount of minutes he was able to, um, to play tonight was tremendous. Six offensive rebounds, three block shots. Did not have one against the Sacramento Kings last night, and, and so that, I thought that was huge. Uh, and then marketing. I think you can give it to marketing probably every I'm night. Gonna go, I'm going to go Malik Beasley tonight just because he was struggling so badly and he got off the schneid tonight. So I'm going to go Walker Kessler and Malik Beasley. 
Only because, frankly, we could give it to Lowry Markin every, every night. single night. Yeah, good point. All right, thanks very much for joining us here on Postcast. Have a happy New Year. Please be safe tonight, and we appreciate you joining us throughout. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Thanks to all.